3: everybody the Saturday marathon of combat sports has officially come to its conclusion and it ended with Chris Cyborg picking up a unanimous decision win over Arlene Blanco in the main event of Bellator 279 something we didn't really expect to see but Arlene Blanco toughed it out she made it to the end and Chris Cyborg retains her title. We also have a brand new interim bantamweight champion, Raphael Stotz, becomes the first fighter to stop Juan Archuleta via strikes. Did so in the third round. He moves on in the Grand Prix. He will take on the winner of Danny Sabatello versus Leandro Ego. Those two will fight on June 24th. Stotz will await the winner and put that title on the line for the first time. We also have Patchy Mix advancing in the Bellator Bantamweight Grand Prix with a decision win over Kyoji Horgu. We have the UFC event. Jessica Andrade closed the show with an incredible submission, one of the best submissions of the year. It'll definitely be in the uh, the nominations. when We're doing the awards, the standing arm triangle, whatever that
4: was. I mean, that was absolutely incredible. You're not going to see that all that often. All right, I can't maintain this gimmick the whole time. But uh yes, my raptor's still alive. Uh great day of com I, I think a really good day of combat sports, depending on what your expectations were for the respective events, Fury White and Bellator 279 and UFC Vegas 52. But I feel like if you tuned in and you were like me and you kind of watched a little bit of everything and you picked you picked and choose and you're strategic, uh, I think like you had a good time. I don't know. Jose Young's Jose Youngs is also here. Uh what do you mm-hmm.
5: think? Uh, what I was a big fan of is it seemed like when one would end, it would kind of go right into the other, if that makes sense. So like Fury, yeah, yeah. Fury White ended and then I think I missed the first two fights of the UFC card, So, that, but it went right into that. And then when the UFC main event ended, I flipped over to Bellator and like the main card – or no, I caught the last round of, of – the anti Medeiros Manuel Sanchez fight, which is obviously appeared to be just an absolute banger, and that that went right into the main event. So, if you timed it out and you watched all three cards, you probably saw all of the important things because it seems that when one ended, it went right into the other. So, uh, stellar programming all around. I feel bad for my East Coast folks, though, because what time is it for you guys? Like two a.m. almost?
4: It is almost two in the morning. Uh, we should note, by the way. Uh, oh, wait, wait, I'm wait, wait, sorry. Wait, wait. We we just got
6: a, a fresh a fresh call on. Uh-huh. hold on one second oh let me, no let me get this gentleman it's not up tell here. me it's not yeah, tell you, me it's yeah, not yeah, yeah you know are you
4: tell me oh my uh, god we told him he was not needed i know told i told him I, he was no not one, needed yeah, i wasn't i wasn't ready for yeah, this
7: if if uh, i don't do this then i have to watch the post slums so i'd rather fucking do this
4: I was about to say, I was about to say. technically, we're saying all this is past tense. The weekend is not over. We have three Bellator 279 post-limbs that are going on right now. Uh, so for what? anyone, uh, if you can please multitask, listen to our show, whatever you're listening to our show on, please keep that on. And obviously then pop up another screen for the beautiful, beautiful Bellator 279 post-limbs. Uh, but yeah, there is a lot to talk about. I don't know if we want to go in chronological order uh, or we want to go, as usual, UFC first uh, Jose again let, let's we'll, we'll continue with you what 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 would you uh what do you think should lead off the show if you if you if you had to pick what what is the uh, the most I mean I shouldn't say most momentous I think we know what the most important combat sports event of the day was but uh most conversation worthy
5: Ooh, that's tough because self personally I was obviously hyper invested in the boxing match but I think just off of tra- social traffic and t- so, uh, social media traffic the UFC didn't obviously bigger, uh, especially Jessica Andrade, like ten out of, like not a 10 out of 10, but like a much better call out than last week's main event. Uh, but if we're talking about, you know, the like Bellator Grand Prix, like moving on a new interim title, um, Aleemah McFarlane loses and Chris Cyborg goes the distance. I feel like there's more talking points in Bellator, but I have a feeling our audience would probably tune in more for the UFC. So trust your judgment, AK, you know it to be true
4: uh jed before you came on we were saying like you know it was kind of easier if you plan to watch all three events to watch like little bits and pieces jose was saying they somewhat conveniently kind of one led into the other so there wasn't as much like overlap as there had to be what what were you mostly focused on today jed? what 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 events whether for work or out of your interest were you kind of covering and and had your uh, like your most focus on
7: i was working bellator so that had my most focus but i think jose is right like i I didn't miss anything from any of the other stuff that happened. Uh, there was very little overlap, frankly. There's some of the overlap for the the early prelims for Bellator. And then there was just a little bit of the Yancy fight um, over on Bellator kind of clashing uh, with the main event for for the UFC. But, I mean, shouts, shouts to our girl because she got it done so quick that it, it just didn't matter. So... Timing really, really worked out well. So if you were a combat sports fan, today was a really good day for you, frankly.
4: You know, it's rare that we give Bellator the lead because uh, it's rare that we go on right after Bellator. As people know, usually do post-fight mm-hmm. show. It's based around the UFC schedule. So let's talk about, about Beltor first. We just saw an awesome main event. Uh, I know uh, producer Casey was very happy. I think he feels a little vindicated with how uh chris cyborg and arlene Blenkow performed uh in that a fight that a lot of people didn't have going the distance i i wasn't one of them i thought it'd be the under sort of the one and a half that we'd thrown out there uh but no arlene Blenkow this time after getting submitted in their first fight in the second round goes all five rounds it's really really entertaining fight uh she had cyborg hurt many many times uh jed is this a legit fight of the year uh candidate we had i mean we have one earlier this week clay college jeremy stevens what do you think
7: no, it's it it's not a fight of the year candidate. It was a great fight. Um it was way more entertaining than it had any right to be, but it's one of those fights that has it has the, the tint of expectation that's coloring our perception here. Because we all thought that we've already seen this and then especially that first round, Blanco got just hammer drops and it looked like it was over, and then she kinda, you know, came back and and Gave a great show, a great account of herself. Absolutely nothing to take away from Arlene Blanco other than she is tougher than $2 steak. But she, her moments were few and far between, and mostly that was one-way traffic. Uh, but because it was not uh, an absolute bulldozing, then it looked, we just feel differently about it than, than if we came to this without expectation. So, uh, again, great performance from Blanco. Uh, solid fight more fun than it i certainly thought it was going to be but not a fight of the year contender
4: Uh, jose do you agree not a fight of the year contender but one of the more memorable title defenses of chris arbor's career
5: yeah it was a fun fight but i don't even think if you take if you include the pfl boxing ufc bellator i don't even think it was the best fight of the week i'd still think mm-hmm. clay call i still clay Call um jeremy stevens was the best mm-hmm. fighter of the of the of the week but that's okay like chris cyborg versus versus arlene was very fun and it doesn't have to be the top spot for everyone to appreciate it i just think the fact that you know uh arlene just was so goddamn tough and chris cyborg was just you know doing chris cyborg things it was one of the more it was definitely one of the most entertaining women's fe- fights i've seen in like w- easily one of the most entertaining featherweight title fights or featherweight women's featherweight fights i've seen There was just it was a lot of fun but it wasn't the best i still give that to college versus stevens
4: uh producer casey can i get your little can, can i summon your little bubble here because i know you have a take on this again like I, said, <laughs> I know you were you were someone who was positive about this matchup when it was made um and again it was really fun to watch oh there he is there's a little bubble The little bubble uh, K- uh, Casey, 34. what, what do you think? Let them know. Let, <laughs> let people know. Let people not pre- preach about this uh, main event.
6: Oh, I just thought. Um, I mean, I kind of, I, I kind of agree with both of you guys said. Um, it was just a freaking. Okay, first of all, I, I understand everyone wanted Cats and Gano. Oh, wait, I got, I got two bubbles on me. Sorry, I know everyone wanted Cats and Gano. <laughs> it didn't happen. We can't do anything about that. Cats and Gano didn't take the fight, and I thought Blink-Out earned this rematch. And but the, the main part is like. Rematches very rarely go exactly as the first fight goes, and I know everyone's like, especially at the high level. Yeah, if this is like you no, know, just a low level fight, then you know whatever. But Blenko, she earned her rematch, and she's tough as nails. Two dollar steak all that, and I thought it was just an entertaining fight. And it's it's freaking Cyborg. Like, you just you. And Jose says this a lot. He's like, you just take every moment you can to appreciate this. And we have fighters like Cyborg. Or, you know. Once in a generation type of fighter to come into uh, mixed martial arts. Just if if you can if you have a chance to watch it, we can watch it. And her and Blinkout put a, a freaking awesome scrapple tonight. And it was the it was the fight the um, the fans needed, especially I guess after the kind of um, uh, the disappointment with uh, Alima's fight, you know. So I think they really needed that kind of fun, you know, Hawaiian you no know, no scrap. So it was great. I loved it.
4: Oh, we yeah, have, um, I think, wait, you have Mr. Heck back. Oh, is, please, please. Mike, come back. <laughs> there he is. I'm here. All right, Can you hear like, me? How are we doing? Yeah,
5: yes. Perfect.
4: Would you like yeah. to retake the hosting reigns, sir?
3: Okay. Um, I don't know what you guys <laughs> are talking uh, no, about. we're talking I'm, We, we decided oh, yeah. that, that
5: – we decided Chris Cyborg versus Arlene was not the best fight of the week, but certainly very fun it was very fun yeah Uh, we're leading with bellator we're leading with bellator because it just ended yes that's a good point jed
3: i'm glad that you're here i didn't think you would be here so uh color me surprised and color me happy that you were here because i feel like you're the right man to ask this question because i think the biggest question coming out of this fight was should arlene blanco should she have uh milked the knee the illegal knee oh of course and become the champion she she could be the champion right now. Now of course we're going to support her for her warrior spirit, the Anthony Smith in, inside of her for for going on here. But did she make a mistake? Not milking it and taking the DQ and having some having some gold around her waist right now and saving herself like right. an extra twenty minutes of pain.
7: Hell yeah, she did. <laughs> get get that bag, baby. There's there's one motto in this game, and it is get the bag. <laughs> Like, I don't know if she actually would have gotten the DQ win. I don't know how that was going to go. I honestly, she may well have because Jason Herzog is actually a good referee. Um, you notice how he took a point because he's a good referee and not like a bad one. Um, so like that maybe would have been a DQ win. Uh, and look, when you're a champion, they call you champ forever. That, that doesn't go away. No matter the circumstances with which that belt got wrapped around your waist, Cyborg – You've heard me talk about it plenty. Don't cheat. Don't do the illegal thing, especially in a fight that you are winning handily and don't need to do the illegal thing. You could just not do the illegal thing and it's all fine. So uh, sure should have because all of our you know good feelings for Arlene Blanco, they're going to last about the next two hours and everyone's going to go to sleep and go back to forgetting that Arlene Blanco – uh exists and put on a hell of a performance tonight so yeah she should absolutely got that title because can't let legends never die baby and that that's a legend move in my book i'm sorry what was i about to say <laughs> you were about to tell us why arlene blanco should have oh, yes. taken a dive to get that belt uh, that yeah
4: look uh uh mike was saying i i'm sup- supposedly supposed to be the angel to yeah. your devil but i admit i was feeling a little impish I may or may not in our, you know, shared work Slack chat have immediately said, uh, I think, like, Blenka, take the DQ. Uh, I don't I don't crave chaos, but I mean, how amazing would it have been for Arlene Blenka to say I'm one of the people who has a win over Chris Cyborg, whether by DQ or by anything else? Uh, Also, it would have just been fit so well with all the weird, like the Bellator strangeness we've had. We have like. We had the Julia the uh you know, somewhat questionable stoppage from uh Mike Beltran in the uh Juliana velasquez Liz Carmouche fight. We have the no contest with Corey Anderson and uh Vadim Nemkov. And then and some people would even say there was controversy with the uh, AJ McKee Patricio pitbull fight, but I mean not really. It's just a close fight, close entertaining fight, right? Uh so how cool would it have been to have this have that there this run of Bellator events end with a friggin' good <laughs> start work losing her title by dq so i don't know i, I obviously i don't think Blenkow should have done that um i don't know how much more money a Tour champion makes probably more but so much so that she would want to you know i don't know have to deal with kind of all that aljermaine sterling drama and i just think instinctually it's not something that arlene Blanco would do I, I don't know her personally but just from you know what we know of her career i think her taking a dq win it, it's it's almost unfathomable she just wouldn't do it um she didn't even. The fact that she didn't even try and milk it was kind of shocking, but uh, Jed, these fighters are made from sterner stuff than you and I. So you know, it's easy for us to say, "Oh, they should have done this kind of sneaky thing to advance their careers," but that's not how they're. You know, that's not how they're wired. Can you guys hear me now? Are we good? Yes. Yeah, you are back, sir. Oh,
3: for God's sakes, my apologies. I don't know what the hell's <laughs> going on here. Um, Jose, your thoughts on on this? Because I don't feel like she'd get the same amount of flack as like Aljo got. I I just don't think in this situation, I think more people in the realm of like social media and MMA fans, they'd probably be like, this is a pretty smart move on her part. Your thoughts
5: on on that whole situation? I would only, I don't even, I think this is even a non issue because if she was legitimately hurt and couldn't continue, don't continue. If she can continue, then continue. And if she can't, if she can continue and she says she can't, And she's a liar, and I don't care for liars at all in any aspect of my life, especially in sports, especially in combat sports. So this is a non-issue. If she can continue, she can continue, and she can continue. Don't be a liar, kids. Don't listen to Jed. (laughs)
7: Look, that's great. I support strong, (laughs) upstanding moral citizens, but kids (laughs) – the world's going to bite you in the ass one day. So just just be ready for that. Uh, all right. So
3: let's let's talk about where Chris Cyborg goes from here because she's in a very interesting yeah. spot, Jed Mishu. She's in a very interesting spot. Come July, she becomes a free agent and she can go fight anywhere. Now, you and I have talked about this many times in the world of like – Prize fighting, she's winning the prize fighting game. She's getting very winnable fights, and she's making a ton of money. And this is a fun fight, but most of the time, she just runs through her opponents and makes that bag that we all talk about. But if we're talking about legacy, you got Kayla Harrison over in the PFL. I don't think she's going back to the UFC anytime soon. There's money to be made everywhere. Do you think Bellator tries to get her in there one more time? This is probably the, the result that Bellator disliked the most right so what do we do with chris cyborg now do you think they try to get her in for one more or do you think she, this could be the last time we saw her inside the bellator cage site
7: they'll probably try I, I don't know if they will just because like this wasn't a total steamrolling. so maybe cyborg wants to take some time off to recover because she you know got hit some which is not a thing that happens to her all that often frankly uh so maybe they try and get her in before before it runs up. I said earlier, either this week or last week, I frankly don't remember at this point, I stand, I, I stand in the same corner. I think Cyborg holds all the cards in this situation. I think her inevitable end point is going to be PFL. It's just a matter of, of how that goes. And my belief is that because Scott Coker is really tied into having her, Cyborg can basically demand whatever she wants. Uh, you know, there's a dollar number that wouldn't make sense for them, but she just comes to Scott Coker and says, Hey, uh, I'll re-sign for six months. And during that time period, I will fight Kat and you have the onus is on you to figure it out with PFL to make this Kayla Harrison fight. And if not, and that six months is up, then I'm going to PFL or whatever, then I think, I think they just have to do it right like like, what's bellator just gonna let her walk for nothing when they could get some more out of her so uh that's kind of still how i think it's gonna go but all roads are pointing to a fight between her and kayla harrison uh by next summer is my guess on the timeline cool
3: all right so chris gets the win we'll see where she goes we talked about this on the preview show quite a bit. So we'll move on to what Rafael Shots w- did. I oh, just want
5: I just, I to say one real quick thing because everyone kept talking about how the timing might, not, might be a big factor because Chris, they, you don't want to sit on the cyborg versus Kayla Harrison. After beating a fight like that, it probably helps out Chris Cyborg as you take a little bit of time off to get ready for Kayla yeah. Harrison.
3: Oh, no. I, I agree with you. But you, you would think. Yeah. Like I'm just saying. I'm just contract. circling back to well, yeah, yeah. In, in the 100%. preview. I
5: think it was either preview or BTL or something. We talked about that.
3: Yeah, hundred percent. Like in terms of getting ready for a Kayla fight, this is probably the best case scenario for Chris. But in terms of mm-hmm. Bellator and her contract situation, mm-hmm. they probably thought Chris is just going to run through Arlene Blanco, maybe get her back in there one more time before the contract expires, get her paid a little more, maybe try to work something on in between then, but. We'll see what happens. It's an interesting story right now in 2022. Just like the Bantamweight Grand Prix, AK, Rafian Stotts is the new interim Bantamweight champion for Bellator. He stops Juan Archuleta, becomes the first fighter to do so via strikes, does so in the third round. I'm curious, AK, how did you have that fight scored after two rounds?
4: Uh, Hold on. I have to talk about his god yeah uh, i'm sorry it's hard for me not to just jump ahead to the knockout and his his post fight uh speech it was just (laughs) it's it was just it caught me off guard a little bit not i mean i I, not because i'm not familiar with with uh rufian stas i think after his last one i think a lot of people um sort of became aware of like how charismatic and entertaining this guy could be um but man they you know we criticize big john all the time but uh at the very least he got out of the way here and just gave uh rufian stas the mic and just let him say whatever the hell he wanted (laughs) and it was hilarious um so i'm like i don't know i don't honestly i don't even know if i can answer your question everything up until the 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 head kick or the head knee kick and then the post fight promo is a bit of a blur um i i want to repeat what he said after but i just i just know i can't it's filled with so much profanity and i, I can't uh so so i won't um but i will say like man uh regardless of, of how people thought the fight was going up until that point Damn, if you didn't see that finish and you're not a believer that Rofian Stotts is like, you know, a a serious major player at 135, just in general, not just in Bellator, but looking at Bellator, UFC, any other bantamweight division that you want to talk about, I mean, you're just not paying attention. And I hope – we say this all the time, I know – I hope Bellator knows what they have with this guy and that they can find a way to properly promote him and give him the platforms he needs because – he can he can really be I think he can be like a Michael Chandler level star for them. Um, people can, you know, gauge that in the broader, you know, uh, combat sports scene as much as they want. But I think that's pretty good. And I think I think we're going be that. Jose, your thoughts on Rafion Stotts' performance and
3: his ceiling with this promotion and in the sport and in this division?
5: I think what hurts his ceiling, I think his like his long term ceiling is he is 33 because I think a lot of people like they're just they're just finding out who he is. So I bet a lot of people think that he's like this young up and coming guy kind of like AJ McKee, but he's not. He's on the other side of 30. Uh, I think he, he might even be younger than Israel, Ades- I mean, older than Israel Asanya, if like, not like a year older, like right on that level. So um, he's no spring chicken, but he just keeps winning. And I think this performance against Juan Archuleta is exactly what he needed because, you know, he's had three straight decisions. Uh, everyone was like, oh, who's the dark horse, Sabatelli, who just won yesterday? Uh, is see the dark horse to do it or now that Sergio Pettis is out or is... Uh, Kyoji Horiguchi, truly the best bantamweight in the world because he was so close to beating Kyoji Horiguchi and R- Ruffian Stotts just melted Juan Archuleta, like, like you said, the first person to do it. So I think this was the exact performance he needs to get people to want to tune in to watch his next fight. And now I bet a lot of people are going to be favoring him to win and before he went live. We even talked about it like a possible match between Sabatelli and Stotts is like literally like we said, stay this all the time. These great fighters need a foil and someone that can like talk back and get in these war of words, like, you know, the Connor and Aldos or the Anderson Silva's Chale sons, the John Jones Rashad's or Cormier's. And that was what was really hurting Amanda Nunes from being like overly popular because she was clearly the best female fighter of all time at one point, arguably still is. I still think she is, but she didn't have that foil until Juliana Pena showed up. And if Stotts and Sabatelli, imagine that build that is going to be a lot of John both in and out and post fight so I'm all here for it I think this is exactly what he needed he just melted a dude and then there's the guy that grinds people out very dominantly in his same side of the bracket um, I, it made me that much more excited and like I say all the time kids don't lie and they're prize fighters first and foremost so there you go now everyone is more excited to watch them fight
3: Jed I know you are now on the Danny Sabatello tray, and of course Danny's got to fight Leandro Higo on June 24th in scenic Uncasville, Connecticut, Mohegan Sun Arena. I assume Danny Sabatello is going to do exactly what he did on Friday to Leandro Ego,
7: but we can't assume everything well, in, the, in MMA. But uh, I mean, Leandro Ego I effing mean, sucks. Uh, <laughs> uh, we all learned that from Danny Sabatello. He he told us all, and so. Uh, I don't think the man's a liar. I think the man's a hero. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm 100% with Jose. Uh, Give me Javier Stotts and and, and Danny Sabatella. That's going to be all sorts of awesome. Uh, That fight might not be awesome, frankly, but everything else about it is going to be gangbusters. So I'm all in for that. Um, I know we technically are going to have to watch the Andro Ego get beat up for 15 minutes but that's fine you know happy to watch Sandro go get beat up beat up for for three fives uh and then move on with our lives uh and it's well, gonna be, be
3: five, five shed it'll be five five
7: oh it will be oh five because yeah because they're in the actual tournament now instead of the play-in or whatever well you know uh that's just more time for me and danny sabs to to start bonding uh to get you know become friends I'm really excited uh about what's <laughs> gonna happen it's, it's gonna be awesome <laughs>
3: Uh, so, great win for Stotts. Juan Achilleta was not happy with the stoppage, but he has yes, since he was. gone on social media. Yeah. And he said that it's okay. So, uh, he, he supports Mike Beltran, who I, I think Mike kind of needed that too. Because he had kind of a rough night on Friday. Took a little bit of a beating for the uh, the finish of the Velasquez fight. Uh, for Liz Carmouche becoming the champion. And so, maybe Mike Beltran, maybe the, the pillars have, have sort of evened out. We had another bantamweight Grand Prix fight on this card too. Patchy Mix beats Kyoji Horiguchi. Ak a- a- Lee, what did you think of that? What did you think of Patchy Mix going in there? And by the way, he looked. Patchy Mix looked like a featherweight compared to a lightweight looking Kyoji Horiguchi.
4: Did he not? Patchy Mix is really good patch mix really good i think a lot of us expected like when the first round happened i don't think any of us were too concerned for uh kyoji Horiguchi. we were kind of like yeah uh, patch mix super talented bigger guy great grappler it's probably gonna take uh Horiguchi, you know some, some time to kind of figure out this guy's style and uh he'll probably lose one of the, the first round and 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 have to and you know tr- start turning things around in the second round and then eventually win a decision or, or find a finish later but uh this is the best version of the mix we've seen he was super focused uh, i think he even kind of said after like uh, I know people. I know people think like I'm. You know, I, I'm that talented guy who can't put together a whole fight. Uh, he did against one of the best. Uh, you know, lighter weight fighters in the world. The size disparity is. I know we. I, I hate to keep bringing it up, but it it's definitely a factor. Um, Kyoji Yaguchi has shown for sure he's an elite 135er. But you really, I personally would really like to see. Um, you know, a flyweight division in Bellator. And for for to, to to be able to compete at that weight class, which he can make easily, you know, he's just fighting at bantamweight because uh, they don't cut weight when he was over in uh, Japan. He's fighting in Japan. Uh, beltor doesn't have a flyweight division, and I'm sure if they never made it, he'd be fine. He'd be happy. He'd be competitive. But he is. I, I hate people. I hope you know people don't see him taking a loss like this and think like, oh, well, you know, Horikuchi's lost a or He's not one of the elite fighters in the world. He is. He's just you know, what uh, was in a fight where there's so much grappling it's going to favor a guy that's that much bigger a lot. And he's eventually going to run into those guys. Even his fights with Darren Caldwell weren't pretty. He won both those fights, but there was a lot of him having to deal with some serious, serious grappling against a guy who was a lot bigger than him. So, um, uh, you know, disappointing, I think disappointing for a lot of the Horikuchi fans out there. I'm not sure how this is going to affect his standing in the, uh, MMA fighting global ranking, certainly a big boost for patchy mix at the end and well-deserved again. He's only lost to like really st- strong elite guys. Um, so it was a great performance for him. I don't, I don't want to dwell on the negative. I know for a lot of people, it wasn't fun seeing um, Horaguchi neutralized like that. But let's focus on the positive here and say, hey, we've got a, another legit, super legit guy at 135 pounds, the, the best division in all of MMA, Apache uh, Mix. Oh, let's not get started on this because we don't want to get Jed all fired up. I don't think anyone here would disagree with that. I can't imagine anyone here would disagree with that. Otherwise, I wouldn't have said it.
7: I would, but I'm not going to.
3: <laughs> that right now. Yeah. yeah, we, we yeah. don't have that kind of time, that's for sure. No, exactly. uh, yeah,
4: this is a fun event. Apparently, there's still fights happening. Uh, there's post yeah. slims going on. So Miko Inaba uh, just picked up a sick knockout.
3: Yeah, that was that's pretty glad She was on this was, card to begin with. That was a yeah. good post-slim. <laughs> yes, well done. Uh, Justine Keish defeats Ali Malay McFarlane. Um, that was kind of a stunning uh, a stunning fight. But Justin Keish, big upset with- in there. Yancey Medeiros and Emmanuel Sanchez had themselves quite the fight. Jed, I know you were a big fan of that
7: one. Oh, dude, that fight was a banger. Uh, I do just want to speak on Kyoji real fast uh, to say two things. The first is that I hope one day to love something as much as Kyoji loves giving up his back uh, because he just he just gave it to Patchy every time that they were in an entanglement. It's like, here, please take this. I, I don't want my own back. You can have it. Um, and the second is I just want to see him in the UFC. I know that that's not a fun thing to say, but, like, I... This fight did not do anything for me as far as Patchy Mix. Like, I thought he he did the things he needed to and credit to him for that. But mostly, I came away from this thinking, okay, Patchy Mix can go five rounds, which is the only real thing I saw from him as opposed to the Archuleta fight where he clearly tired out down the stretch. And... Yeah, he's just a full weight class bigger than Kyoji. And Kyoji is really a flyweight, and he may or may not be the best flyweight in the world. And boy, I'd love to find out. I would love to watch that man fight Brandon Moreno or Davidson Figueredo or anyone else, frankly. Or, um, you know, Kai Kara France is now in that mix. I want to see those fights because I think there's a really good chance that he is the best flyweight in the world. And it, All of it sucked. It sucked that the UFC just kind of let him go, even though his run through Ryzen and Bellator has been fun in a whole different way. They let him go right when he was about to become great. They had him when he was early. And now I just want to see him fight other people that are the best in the world at flyweight because I think he's actually the best flyweight in the world. So that's all I have to say on that. And then, yeah, Yancy Medeos, Emmanuel Sanchez was exactly what we all thought it was going to be. It was dope as hell. It was a great fight,
3: yes. Uh, I think a lot of people agree with you on the Horiguchi chatter, and I think one last thing on Patchy Mix before we move on to the UFC card is I don't think anyone questions the skill set of Patchy Mix. It's, he's had struggles with this weight cut of making it to 135, and you can see it in the cage just how, much, how big he is for the weight class. But he made it here, no issues, and we'll see if he can do it again because that's the one thing that really hurts him. Uh, as far as being a fighter goes, his last couple of fights, he's either missed weight or the weight cut has really hindered his performance. And looks like everything was smooth sailing out, you know, heading into this fight, and he looked fantastic against Hornguchi and picks up the big upset win. So congratulations, to Patchy Mix. He moves on. He will fight the winner of Enrique Barzola and Magomed Magomedov. Those two guys will fight on June 24th for five rounds as well, and then that guy will go on to fight Patchy Mix in the semifinals.
2: that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com.
3: Let's head over to Las Vegas to the Ultimate Fighting Championship. The UFC Apex will start with you, Jose. Jessica Andrade took her three minutes and 13 seconds to get the job done. I think all of us picked Jessica Andrade to win this fight. She does it very quickly, and she does it with a standing arm triangle choke. This was quite the submission. She is a bulldog, to say the least. Your thoughts on the performance, the submission, and where you put this one thus far in terms of uh, will this be a submission of the year nominee at the end of the year in your eyes?
5: yeah it's gonna be a nominee it's gonna like right now it's obviously like i can't off the top of my head i can't think of a whole lot better it's clearly top 10 top five it's gonna be up there it's like like i've I've said this a lot in other sports anytime you're the first to do something you just kind of automatically in my mind like get thrown into that category of you know end of the year awards or if you do something like like when miguel cabrera won mvp he wasn't more valuable than mike trout but he was the first person for the cycle since 1967 you have to take that into account same with. Was Russell Westbrook, average triple double. Was not the most valuable player, but he just made history. Anytime you make history, you got to kind of throw yourself into the the end of the year uh, award category. But uh, awesome performance, Jessica Andrade, is. C- clearly showed she should be a straw weight this whole time. She just kept having success successive flyaway until she ran into Valentina. I think she even said that herself, that straw weight is her home from this mo- this point moving forward. And the big thing I took away from this fight is my God, do I want to see her rematch Rose Namajunas for a third time. Uh, I think there are two like her, Yoana, Whaley, and Rose are the four best, you know, straw weights in the world. Marina I think is sitting there number five. Obviously Carla's fantastic. She could easily, she's already beaten Rose. I just think Rose has gotten so much better. Uh, and I would put maybe all of those ladies i just mentioned maybe a notch above carla that being said carla deserves this fight that is not the conversation we're going to have right now i just really want to see jessica Andrade fight rose domayunas because jessica Andrade can knock you out she can not grind you out she can drop you on your head she can submit you standing she can pretty much win a fist fight any way she wants and i just want to see your fight for another championship at straw again because she is so supremely talented and i think we i think taking gender out of the conversation you have to put her in the category of most exciting fighters in mma regardless of weight class regardless of gender she is never in a boring fight she's either going out there and just dismantling people or she's going against the best of the best and she's losing i'm going to put her in that category i don't know about you all guys but i think in terms of females clearly one of the best and in all of mma clearly one of the best i think it's about time we start talking about Jessica and in these conversations of best fighters regardless of gender in the world
3: yeah I mean, you're just tugging on Casey's heartstrings here. He's just I'm not even tugging on Casey, so I
5: don't care who agrees no, with me. Agree it's just you. facts, man.
3: <laughs> hey, listen, we all—I think we all—I mean, anyone who doesn't agree with you is, is is a little bit crazy right now. When you see Jessica Andrade on on a poster, you're like, oh damn, you know something crazy yeah. is going to happen. So, Jed, I know we talked about this in the preview show, but if you're Marina Rodriguez right now, you're probably just like, damn it, I'm
7: I'm not fighting for the title next day, am I? <laughs>
5: You're saying, damn it, I have to fight that woman next?
7: That's what you're thinking. That's that's – that's Jose is probably right. I mean I think a little bit will depend on how the title fight goes. Um, Because if Rose wins, then maybe they would just slot in Andrade because they have – they've got the two. And at this point, I I think that Andrade is at worst the third best (laughs) strawweight in the world. Um, And so I – like Jose, I'd love to see that run back because – I all I, we talked about this before. I thought Andrade at, at least deserved a draw in that second fight with Rose, and would have, I think, pretty obviously won that fight if it was five rounds instead of three, based on how how it was going towards the end. But neither here nor there. Uh, yeah, I think Rod Marina is just going to have to fight her, which means Rod <laughs> Marina's Marina's about to get got, and that's that's very unfortunate <laughs> for her, but sometimes sometimes that's how the world works and yeah that's that's just a tough out because i don't she's not gonna get to sit and get it especially with uh yo uh yoana and wiley jean fighting she's she's gonna have to fight one that's the one she's gonna have to fight and she's probably gonna lose because there are like three women on the planet i would pick to win a fist fight against jessica and Draj and marina rodriguez ain't one of them
3: yeah, I mean, I actually, I actually think Andrade is gonna fight whoever wins that fight because even if, she, if Carla wins, Carla already has a win over Marina, and it wasn't all that long ago, so it's not no, like you can do that. Carla but I mean, like I
0: guess Rose, Rose do right back.
7: It. Even after two, eh, maybe, maybe. I, I think they'll just do do. They, there's no rhyme or reason to what they're doing at the top of the thing. They they gave Wiley Zhang an immediate rematch after Rose sparked her. There was absolutely no reason to do it. They're just like whatever.
3: Yeah. I guess you have a point. Nothing, n- nothing is assumed, but I feel MMA like this is, report, MMA is silly
5: and we don't get what we want ever. That's just facts. <laughs> That's true. That's
3: very true. AK, we'll get your official pick on onto the next one tomorrow, but great win for Jessica Andrade. Amanda Lamos goes back to the drawing board. Claudio Poyas, dude mm. is a silent killer. Jose Young's five wins in a row this guy is just submitting guys the knee bars this one is about as slick as you can get it was quick it was fast it was explosive and clay guida is a very tough man to submit and he did mm-hmm. all of those things your thought on claudio playas's performance and where he may go at 155 pounds
5: but he's probably like right outside of the top 15 right now i don't know if he gets a top 15 opponent but i don't think that's necessarily a bad thing because lightweight is so stacked like Like, imagine if he fought Tiago Moises. That would be so. That would be like a grappler's dream. I don't even think Tiago is even in the top fifteen. So it's like I don't care who he fights next. It should just be another guy coming off a win. Another. I want him to fight a recognizable name that can catapult him into the top fifteen and at least start to get some respect because he is just so supremely talented. The way he grabbed that knee bar was slick as hell. Like it just looked like what do you what do you like a he was like a Rubik's who just. Nebar, great. Loved everything about it. That dude is so fun. And like you said, good looking kid, well spoken, speaks Spanish, speaks English. Throw him on the broadcast, make him that much more popular. I think the UFC could have a bona fide star in their hand. I just want to see him fight someone that at least has a name. Like, if you just want to throw him in, like, if you just want to make him Mike, the next guy to beat Michael Johnson, Michael Johnson's a guy that people know. That seems, this seems to be the path. Like, beat Clay Guida, beat Michael Johnson, beat one other high level guy. Now you're top 15. Maybe that's the case. Maybe that happens. I don't know, but you know, I'm excited. I am very excited to see his next fight.
4: Yeah, that was. This guy's really impressive. It'll no one's going to want to fight him. No one's going to want to seeing that business. No one wants have a piece a of pick. the Prince of the Prince of Peru. No, that nickname is happening. That, that we're, nickname we're is that. happening. <laughs> Prince of Peru uh, is a great nickname. It's way better than it, it's a man, like. It's so good. It's so good. I don't even know what you re- he was El Nino before. Oh yeah, let's yeah, just call that's every- bad
7: too, but Prince of Peru is okay. awesome.
4: Prince of Peru is awesome. People shut up. People shut Pop. uh, uh Pop. throw your throw your, your peas up in the chat if uh if you if you're down with the Prince of, if you if you F with the <laughs> See, Peru, well here's right? the throw thing AK, okay, if
5: you're if you're a Gen Z, you're not going to throw a P in there because it means something completely different today on this internet. So don't throw a P Oh no, in don't the chat. Don't, <laughs> don't throw peas in the chat. <laughs>
4: What about a, well, I see well, them, about a poll? if I see that
7: We have the I, Prince of Positivity and polls to talk about the Prince of Peru. And listen, just, I hate this.
4: Prince of Peru yeah. is a great nickname. I don't There's know why poll, you have beef with that. <laughs> well, my Prince poll that I have up there play? right now is, is <laughs> what won the weekend, and I can close it now. Uh, Fury versus – well, I'm sure we'll talk about it a bit later. But Fury versus White. 41 percent ufc vegas uh, 52 and uh, both belt or cards even actually what even 30 percent vegas and uh uh 29 for the hawaii cards so uh fear and fear so really pretty close actually and Fury versus White just barely had to by 10 percent. so i think people who had a pretty diverse like kind of uh, view of uh, the combat sports began that's kind of fun yeah, it's because those also the first
3: events that happens <clears throat> as well. Like if we close the day with with Fury's knockout, like this, the poll
4: when you even yeah. be like Scritchen, big big P. I'm all about that. I'm all about that Scritchin. <laughs> Thank you. He's down with the Prince of Fruit. He knows what's going on. It's just, right. <laughs> <No>. just
7: <didn't- laughs> He doesn't need one. Does he need it? Does he need a nickname? Can he just it's be a good nickname? He's from the I'll same. Try- uh, he's from
4: the same hometown as my mother, Lima, Peru. So, uh, listen, I got to respect it. So I'm down with the Prince of Peru. Yeah. Well, you have respect know.
7: for the Prince Dudes. of Peru. Dude's dope. Though.
3: Um, yeah, that, he is, he's a very good fighter. You know how I
7: know he's dope? Because he fights in the actual best division of the sport and he's got five wins and he's not anywhere close <laughs> to a ranking yeah
5: that's what i said that's what i'm saying like I, I know everyone on this site loves the bantamweight division but lightweight has been the yeah. best division in mma in the last 15 years and that hasn't changed
7: it's been it's been 20 years probably yeah. it's been forever yeah the dude is on a five fight winning streak and just murdering fools and he's not he he's two fights away from a ranking like yeah unbelievable but oh, I have a question for all of you though, because I actually don't know how I feel. Is that a better is that a better submission of the year than Andrade's standing? Because, uh, I mean, outside of the thing that we know yeah. that the Andrade one was all luck and strength or whatever that no, insane person it. told you, Mike. <laughs> in terms of – I'll say
5: in terms of technique, it was for sure. Like I said, he snatched that thing up so quick that even Daniel Formez had exploded. And you know it's coming and you still can't stop it also. But at the same – like if we're talking about history, like Clay Guida has been stopped before. No one's done the standing arm triangle in, in like the UFC history. So mm-hmm. in technique-wise, knee bar – easily takes the cake in terms of like kind of uniqueness standing arm triangle is the best mm, Sure.
3: yeah i mean the technique of it all was amazing because clay guido yeah. like got out of the first submission attempt and like you could see it was almost like clay clay could feel the momentum changing and he was getting all excited and he was getting that caveman look on his face like i'm about to start ripping this dude up and then play us like nope and then, and then it was over, and then he tapped, and it was done. It was, it was so pretty,
7: instantaneous. Like when he set it in, it was immediately there. It's like, oh, we're not yeah. working for this. I have your ankle is behind my ear. You are done. <laughs> <He does. laughs> it was so.
4: Um, that's my number one, the the playas. That's my number one for now.
3: Yes, the the future is definitely bright for for Claudio Playas, and that leads me to the future. That is what we call a segue in this business. Oh. Macy Barber, <laughs> A.K. Got herself yeah. a victory, a yeah. legitimate win. She's no back controversy, on. no controversy here. This is a sweeping of the scorecards against Montana De La Rosa. I feel like this is a perfectly match made fight for her to do that and get back on track with. Were you impressed with Macy Barber tonight?
4: Yeah, yeah, I was. I was. Montana De La Rosa is a really tough opponent. Uh, a little bit older than her, but kind of you know in that same age range, so it was good. It was it was really solid, smart matchmaking, which I think by the way was I would say it was the theme actually of the the main card. I, th- I thought the main card I, I mentioned this in my uh, predictions post, um, which is re- was really well done, really well put together, uh, and, and plus the happy accident that we that we unfortunately lost of uh, Alexander Romanov versus mm-hmm. um, uh, Chase Sherman. Which is now, by the way, for anyone who missed it, has been pushed to next Friday's card. So we will be getting it soon. Fingers crossed. But otherwise, but when that was on there, I'm like, this is a really fun main card. And and for the most part, the matchups made a lot of sense. Jordane Benada, I thought Puelles Guido was a really smart test. Uh, Andrade Lamoche, I thought would be a little bit closer, but on paper, I thought a really smart matchup. And I feel the same way about Barbara and uh, and De La Rosa. I think um, I think uh, you know both fighters have a lot of promise. I think De La Rosa has shown a little bit more versatility. She's got some more finishes. Um, but Barbara's the one that's always had kind of the hype and, and um, you know, a lot of the I think people feel sort of the promotional push behind her. And she's and she's a bigger personality in the mic. So you had a lot of contrast going on here. Uh, Montana De La Rosa, very soft spoken. You know, she has personality, but definitely very soft spoken uh, comparatively. So I love that contrast. I like I like what I likewise saw Macy Barber. You know, it wasn't like it wasn't like some amazing, like super impressive, like blowing the doors off performance. But for someone who doesn't who doesn't turn 24 until like until next month. You saw legitimate growth, you saw legitimate maturity. I think she still has a long way to go. Um, I don't think we're anywhere near seeing the best version of Macy Barber. And I think if they keep giving her masters like this and, and booking her in a smart way, this is someone who will, you know, maybe maybe now she has fallen a bit behind um some of the newer names like Menel Firo and uh Aaron Blanchfield and them, uh, even Miranda Maverick, who she quote unquote beat in her most recent fight. I get it. I get it. A lot of fresh names will come along, but I I feel like Macy is not removed from that conversation, and I think performances like tonight are kind of remind you why she had the hype behind her and why there's still hope that she could um, get get back in that uh, that that sort of hyped flyweight um, cluster. Yeah, the road's just gonna get harder for her. I feel
3: like the UFC kind of already gave her those opportunities to go over the Wiley veteran with a name with the Roxanne Matafari fight. Who knows? Maybe they throw in there with, with, with Jojo Wood or something. Sure. I have my yeah. own thoughts, which I will reveal on, on to the next one. So good win from AC Barber, Montana De La Rosa. We'll see where she goes from here. Jed, how about the uh, the Canadian ghillie party? We had Charles Jourdain with the ghillie. We had Marc-Andre Barrio with the ghillie. Nice way to start the main card, was it not?
7: So I saw uh, exactly zero of the Barrio fight, so I can't speak to that one. Uh, I was doing something else at the time. Uh, the Jordan one, great Gilly. I think it was one-armed. I didn't uh, watch the replay multiple times, but at least certainly the setup was him locking that in entirely solo, uh, which is nasty. Uh, but re- honestly, my biggest takeaway is that just before that fight even started, I was like, oh, Lando looks old. Like I don't know. He just kind of physically looks like he's – not there anymore uh and i he very quickly got submitted and i don't know if those two things are interrelated or if i'm uh just manifesting something here but that is my large takeaway from that fight uh so well, great guillotine
3: it was nicely done uh and then before those two submissions happened we had an absolute banger between Sergey Hondasco and Dwight Grant. Those two went after it. That was a great fight. Got fight of the night. And in the end, Sergey gets the victory. TKO, Dwight Grant falls short. So that's the UFC card. We'll take questions in a minute. But Jose, you are here because you are our biggest boxing enthusiast here My, on you, MAFighting.com.
7: You're going to move past the UFC card without without saying it? You're not going to talk about it? Come what on. Do you want to talk about
4: what the, the, we, we the, fight, the fight that stole the show, the the that opened the show and stole the show, Jen? Mike oh, Jackson, yes, UFC yes. winner,
7: baby. <laughs> right, plus seven hundred cash. Four and
4: years, four Listen. years after his for his uh, his most recent fight, he is officially a UFC winner.
3: That fight was just hilarious in all <laughs> senses of the word, and I left that out because I know when we get questions, we're probably going to get about fourteen uh, yes. of them. Uh, so, uh, but i do want to give tyson fury his due and you know not only what happened in the fight but what happened after the fight because i thought that was tremendous too jose tyson fury mm. knocks out dillian white in the sixth round this is one-way traffic this fight was not yeah. close for a single yeah. second were you surprised that it was not close for a single second
5: i was surprised in the sense that it seems like Dillian white had a real, like after the, I gave, I had it 50, 45 going to the sixth round. I think obviously Tyson Fury, as the fight went on, he was finding a lot of success. Though in that in that fifth round, Dillian White hit a wicked body shot that seemed to kind of uh, halt Tyson Fury, but then he kind of followed up with a couple of big shots. So I felt like Dillian White was maybe about to turn the corner, not win the fight, but maybe win a couple rounds before, like you know, maybe Tyson Fury either pulled out a dominant decision, like maybe ten 2, ten or nine three or whatever it was. But that first round when Dillian White came out southpaw caught me by surprise and you could see it cost tyson fury by surprise he's like what the hell do i do with this dylan white is not a good boxer when he's southpaw he's tried it before (laughs) and it doesn't normally work out but if he put the time in and he actually came out there and fought tyson fury southpaw for the whole fight i think i don't know if he was gonna win because tyson fury is the best heavyweight of like the last 20 years i've said that many times on many shows but it seems like tyson fury was Very confused by what was happening, and he won the round, but it wasn't a great round. The whole fight was real kind of gross not like disgusting but it was like an ugly fight it wasn't a high level technical uh boxing match and it wasn't the barn burner that was the Tyson Fury Deontay Wilder fights it was just an ugly fight There was a weird headbutt there was a lot of jaw the referee was a was a travesty he just could not control that fight he was like arguing with both men I'm like get it together ref just let him fight but just give him a warning uh but then in the second round when Tyson Fury came out Southpaw and Dillian White came out orthodox, I'm like, what is going on in this fight? (laughs) This is just the most baffling thing I've seen because Dillian White at least looks like he confused Fury, like I said, and then he goes, nah, forget this. I can't do this. I'm going to fight orthodox. And Fury's like, I can actually fight Southpaw and orthodox because I'm just better than you. And he just pieced him up, so... Started off very interesting, and then by this third round, I was like, yeah, this is just Tyson Fury He's just going to smoke him. I expected Dillian White to win maybe a couple rounds in the middle. Didn't even get to that point because Tyson Fury just melted him with an uppercut, beautiful uppercut. Uh, I think that, to me, I think a lot of people thought the Jake Paul, t- t- like people talk about the Jake Paul Tyron Woodley knockout as being like the best knockout of the last few months, but I think, I and that, I don't, we're not talking about Jake Paul the person, just Jake Paul the boxer and that. Knockout, that's about as clean as a knockout as you can get in the Jake Paul and Tyson Woodley fight. But this knockout was just so much better. Just all around. High levels, actual championships, championship at stake. A hundred thousand people watching that fight. Like very cool scene, very awesome performance by Tyson Fury. And I do not believe for a second he's going to retire.
3: Yeah. What what I liked about that knockout so much is is like Tyson Fury was almost setting it up for five yeah. and a half rounds. Well, and yeah, then he I just Well if
5: you if you look at Dillian White's losses, they're all like set up by uppercuts. Like if I'm going to beat Dillian White, I'm gonna like A, I will, you know, let's not say that I would, but like if I am Tyson Fury and I'm like, what's the easiest path to victory? It's probably just throw an uppercut and knock him dead. And that's what he did.
3: Yeah, and that like this is not like just a sneaky uppercut. This one was like he like reached down and Dug some dirt off the mat before you. Yeah, Jeremy yeah, yeah.
7: Stevens uppercut <laughs> right there, baby. <laughs>
3: that was a Jeremy Stevens. Yeah, that was a Jeremy Stevens uppercut. Tremendous performance. The buzzes in the air, the entrances mm-hmm. were great. Very long, but they were great, especially Tyson Fury's. But Jed, what happens after? Tyson Fury's doing the interviews with the different sites. He's on the mic. And who does he bring into the ring but UFC, heavyweight champion Francis Nganu, wow. fresh off of surgery? goes down to London, is there supporting a sponsor, at least that's what he said. But Tyson Fury and Francis Ngannou are in there staring each other down, and then they put each other over, and they've cut great promos, a lot of respect there. They want to make this thing happen. We have the, the heavyweight champion of the world in boxing, the heavyweight champion of the UFC in the ring together trying to make this happen. What was your biggest
7: takeaway from this whole thing? I've been like I'm far from the only person who's been saying it, but I've been saying it the whole time. He he ain't coming back to the UFC. This is a fantasy. (laughs) This this whole thing that Dana White and him are gonna patch it up and the UFC are gonna know. Because why would he give the UFC a cut of that fight? Sure, it's a one-time offer. He can only cash that ticket once. Once he does it, Fury's gonna knock him out. And then Nganu probably can't do the boxing thing. But, you know, when you have a lotto ticket, you cash in the winning lotto ticket. Like, and that's what he's got. He can make maybe $100 million on that like fight. I'm not even joking. Like, I think it is very in the realm of possibility for that fight to generate hundreds of millions of dollars of revenue. Uh, because, I mean, just from that, like... I was into it anyway, even though I know the outcome, I'm still into the story and them in the ring doing that whole thing. It's, it's there. It, this has the momentum. This is going to be a thing and they both know it. And so they are both going to do it. Like they're, they're just going to wait it out until December. And then we're going to do this next summer. And Tyson Fury is going to make, you know, $300 million and Francis is going to make a hundred million dollars and, It's going to be awesome for as long as it lasts.
3: I'm so happy for this moment. I was waiting for this moment. It's taken us some time, a couple of technical difficulties, switching from one computer to another, my screen freezing, talking over you guys without even knowing it. All this has led to this moment because we did not hear from one man today, and we're going to change that right now. At least we're going to try to put my best friend AK Lee in this man's shoes Conspicuous by his absence at the post-fight press conference, AK, was Dana White. No Dana White <laughs> at the post-fight press conference, AK. So a lo- I-, I would like to ask no. you to uh, put yourself <laughs> in Dana White's shoes and, uh, and react to what happened today, seeing your heavyweight champion in London in the same ring with Tyson Fury talking about a potential fight. Mm-hmm.
4: Uh, hey, uh, hey, I'm Dana White. Hey, what's, this, hey, what's this guy doing? What's this guy doing? Hey, Francis Gunner, we still the contract. Hey, what's he doing? We got him in a contract for another year. Hey, what's this guy think he's doing? He's just gonna go into boxing and uh, and not give me a piece of that pie? Ah, I tell you, there's no respect. I get no guys. I get no respect. Dana White over. Ah, oh, man, tell my wife. Am I right? God, no respect. Uh, yeah, listen, it's, it's I, I, I don't think it's gonna happen. If, if they want it to happen, we can talk about it. You know, I made it happen for Conor. McGregor. <laughs> I made have happen for Conor McGregor. Uh, we, we worked that out. I don't know I don't know if uh, if Francis thinks he's got some kind of leverage that I don't know about but uh you know we'll, we'll we'll talk to Hunter we'll see if we can make that happen but uh, god no respect that I, I, I don't know I don't know how to leave me out of this oh, Excuse me oh, so I'm back amazing. I'm, I'm back I was so I'm back, I'm back. It's like you have gone, to like you've yeah. gotten –
3: you've, you've gotten, like you are now you you've you've transformed into this this mm-hmm. combination of like if Joe Pesci and yeah. rodney dangerfield had had a had a child like that's, that's what that's not like you got was was a little bit in deshy. there
4: oh, Di- <laughs> oh david and andrew dice clay yeah
3: that was well done ak jose it's so hard to put yourself in dana's shoes but you've you've spoken to the Cute. man a few times one-on-one yes. what
5: do you think he's thinking right now I'm sure he's thinking, well, that sucks because my heavyweight champion of the world is there. But, you know, he's like, well, at least he didn't bring the belt with him. Oh, and it looks (laughs) like he dressed up for the occasion, too. So he's probably very upset that he's not making a boatload of money on this like Conor McGregor. But you know what I, I, Jose Young's just this is I don't give a F about is Francis Ngannou boxing Tyson Fury. I don't give a damn at all about that fight. That throw that in the bin. I don't care at all. I want to see Tyson Fury fight two men and that's Alexander Usyk and Anthony Joshua. And we're not going to pretend that Francis Ngannou Tyson Fury sells more than Tyson Fury versus Anthony Joshua when all the belts are on the line. That's not going to happen because it's not true. We all live in this mixed martial arts fantasy world where Francis Ngannou is this big pay-per-view draw, and if he goes over into the boxing world, he's going to get $100 million. That's not happening. It's not going to happen. Anthony Joshua is the second biggest box office attraction in all of boxing, and he's not even the champion. The biggest draw is Canelo. The biggest thing you can make right now is Conor Canelo. That sells f- 5 million pay-per-views easy. And that is like being that – possibly more, probably more. Anthony Joshua versus Tyson Fury in Wembley, they're going to have to add seats. If that – all the belts – if Anthony Joshua defend like avenges his loss against Usyk and fights Tyson Fury, that – you print money. You print money. And also – Not for nothing. That's an actual competitive fight against the two best heavyweights in the world. We all talk about how we want boxers to fight the best in the world. And then as soon as an MMA goes, I won't make my boxing anymore. You just say that. I don't want I – don't, I don't care. I don't care. I want to see the best fight the best. And I want to see Tyson Fury fight Usyk versus Tyson Fury is a pugilistic dream. That is the about as high level of a – like a quote-unquote violent chess match as you can get. And then Anthony Joshua I think actually has – I don't think. I know Anthony Joshua has the tools to beat Tyson Fury. His lack of defense is going to be his downfall. And guess what? That just sets up one of those heavyweight fights that Jed talks about so much where they just clang and bang in there. And then someone dies in front of 130,000 people in Wembley Stadium. So Ngannou Fury, throw it in the bin. I hate it. I don't want it. I don't want it at all. I want to see Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua slash Usyk fight, and then you can make all these stupid fights that everyone wants and is pretending is going to make $100 million because it's not going to happen.
3: Wow. I, I wasn't sure what sound effect we were going to get. Uh, your response to that, Jed?
7: Sure. I, I agree fully with Jose's contention that the fight is mostly dumb. And that Anthony Joshua would make more money Uh, but that fight's not going to happen and the Angani one is and that's just the world (laughs) we live in like I I take fury at his word saying he wants to retire I could be wrong on that sure and I'll hand up if I am but like I he he told Ariel you know a month ago or whatever I don't want to have real boxing matches anymore but I'll still do some like uh, he's going to do the Floyd thing where he'll take exhibitions or weirdo stuff Fights that he cannot physically lose and still provide an enormous pay payday. So, like hundred percent, if I had a choice, give me Fury Joshua. But one, if you're, I don't even know if you can run that. If you have to do the Joshua Usyk, and Usyk will just beat Joshua again, so that sucks. <laughs> and two, like I, I just don't think Fury wants to fight Usyk. Who, and I don't think Usyk would sell. i Maybe I'm wrong there, but. I, that just does not feel like that's a fight that would be, you know, have have this gravitas to it. And so instead of not getting to fight Joshua for a number of reasons and not really wanting to because he just wants to go fight a guy he is going to beat and make similar amounts of money, we're just going to get the Nganu thing. And look, well, like I said, I'm for it. I I know the outcome. It's kind of dumb, but – you can have lots of fun with dumb things, and this one probably <laughs> won't have this like horrific, not even veiled racism permeating every inch of it that Conor Floyd was. So that would be great. I'd like to not absolutely feel disgusting about myself as I watch some cartoon thing go down. So, you know, like I'm in. I'm in on it, and I think that's what's coming, and I'm sorry – Because Jose's right. All of the things he said should be how the world works, Mm -hmm. but it's not. So here we are.
5: I still think, even if Joshua loses, Fury vacates the belts. He still fights Joshua for no belts. I still think it sells more than the Nganu fight.
7: Oh, it does. I I just don't think Fury would fight him. (laughs) I I think he would.
5: I think he would. I
7: hope he does because I'm with you. If they did that, and then you can do because I mean, Ngannou can't. Also, fight cause next let's not year forget, anyway. this is going
5: to be a stupid hybrid rule fight that they joked about. This well, is not going to be a boxing match. That's even sillier.
7: Six ounce gloves or whatever the hell. It's stupid. Gonna he
5: cares. Stupid.
7: Just, like, if they can have them both. If, yeah. if they're going
5: to do Tyson both. Fury versus Francis Ngannou in one of those goofy triad fights, so be it. But I don't want to see Tyson Fury box any MMA people.
7: I, yeah i, I want to see i want to see him do it in the dumbest way possible. I want it to be in a like with a moat and just <laughs> look have fun have fun
4: <laughs> I'm definitely staunchly against the hybrid concept because as people know. Uh, I am still trying to get the hashtag "Keep the Martial Arts Apart" uh, movement going. It's not going well. Uh, we're not getting a lot of traction with this hashtag. Some people say it's too long. Some people say it's just stupid. Uh, it's very hurtful. People are saying a lot of hurtful things about it. But either way, uh, I, so that's why I would I I do want to see the boxing match because I want to see Nganu removed from MMA as much as possible if he's to fight Tyson Fury. I don't want. I'm tired. Ty- no one wants to see Francis Ngannou like wrestling anymore or kicking people or throwing elbows or doing anything. Keep the martial arts apart. Let's just see. Let's 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 put him in boxing. Let's just see how it goes. Now again, he'll get straight up annihilated by Tyson Fury. No one is questioning this. Uh, but the spectacle of it is very entertaining to me. So uh, I don't like the hybrid idea. I'm all in on a, on a boxing match happening, as unlikely as that is, uh, probably to be. Because as you guys have said many times, there's just so many better options um, for uh, for Tyson Fury if he's serious about making money and e- and even a fight that like is intriguing to him personally. He'd probably rather. F- I think if he, if he can wave a magic wand and pick any opponent, yeah, obviously be Anthony Joshua. That's that's the one he wants. But um, it, but yeah, well, but he, I support. The I support pain. the idea. I, I really,
5: I really, really think that if Anthony, jo- like, I'm pretty confident that if Joshua wins, we're going to get that fight. So let's not forget they signed the contracts already, and then mm-hmm. Deontay Wilder sued. Fury to make the third fight happen, so they already put pen to paper before. And Fury has retired four times in his career, and he's come back every time. It's like history repeats itself. History is a, like it's the flat circle, as Sean Alshadi would say outside of the, the the Footprint Center in downtown Phoenix. Fury's retired many a time. He's always come back. He's already signed on to fight Anthony Joshua, and then he just goes eh, instead of fighting Joshua, I guess I have to go fist fight Deontay Wilder again and then beat Dylan in white and then he can fight Anthony joshua i'm pretty confident that fight is going to happen like tyson fury is a carny That's first right. and foremost and he'll because then guess what i'm out of retirement to fight anthony joshua and it was like oh the returning champion comes back to event and then it's even that much more interesting
2: you know I you're
7: right. and you can have them both and ganu can't fight until next uh, summer basically so you could do right. the that sure later this year
5: Honestly, and like, yeah. and even if Usyk wins, I still want to see Usyk. For, well, when Usyk wins, I still want to yeah. see Usyk and Fury because that
7: fight freaking rules too. That fight does rule. I, I just think Fury has a lot less interest. If
5: that if, fight, if agreed, if Usyk beats Anthony Joshua and then beats Tyson Fury, he is one of the seven greatest boxers in the history of boxing ever. I mean, he would be a he would be like, undisputed yeah, yeah. in two weight classes.
7: But I'd like to ask a much more important question. Back to the hybrid rule set, because I want Jose's brain to explode tonight. Instead of doing like the one championship MMA round and thing, Mm. because obviously if Nganu survived a round, he would then take him down and pound him out. What if it was just grappling? So there's no ground strikes. Nganu has to tap him. And you gave Fury six months to like learn some core fundamental defense that's actually really interesting to me i like this i like because, this yeah, like, I want, like, gonna, round if, without somebody getting a stoppage right if we're gonna like do it.
5: bum if we're gonna do bum ass hybrid rules i want there to be a quota on things that francis and gano can do in there like he gets three elbows through 12 <laughs> rounds and he has to ration no, them
7: no ground strikes. it's <laughs> no striking yeah. versus bjj alternating rounds because like Ingunn can tap people, didn't he tap blades or whatever? Like, but Hamilton. Hamilton, that's right. It's not like his bread. And I'm pie. pretty
5: sure Tyson Fury could tap Hamilton. So come on.
7: <laughs> <laughs> see, I'm listening, just saying, listening I to really this conversation. Interested to see how that went.
3: Listening to this conversation. Like, I don't care what happens because we're going to talk about it. We're going to have am,
5: fun with whatever I happens. am literally clutching my pearls at this. That is what I'm doing. I am physically clutching <laughs> pearls for people who are listening.
3: Here's, But here's what would be hilarious. If they, like, we just, we just throw everything out the window and they come together and they book, like, a best of seven. Jose would lose his mind. It'd be, like, the greatest rant in the history of MMA fighting if that happened. Just something so outrageous. I would be so mad. i would it be infuriated. Once. We don't see it twice. We might have to see it four infuriated. four, Jose. And that would be just an amazing rant coming from me. I
5: would call up. I would get Guillerme to introduce me to Jose Aldo so Jose Aldo can just kick my leg as hard as he could because that's that would be equivalent <laughs> to the pain I feel inside. Yeah, I mean, listen, see, look, because I, I,
3: bet and I was just
7: saying, awful. Because it's a
5: stupid idea and we should stop <laughs> entertaining tomfoolery and let boxers box the, best, box the best and MMA fighters fight the best. And then they, if they want to do cross promotion when it's all in the dust to sales, there's no one else to fight, so be it. Because, like, Always everyone talks fun. about, like, Floyd fighting Conor made a bunch of money for everyone. And everyone kept saying, oh, you can't pay, like, you can't pay tuition with legacy. The, the, the Joshua fight is both. It makes him more money and it builds his legacy. So there you go. Win or lose, he's going to make a boatload of money. And if he loses, he loses to the best. And if he wins, he's top five greatest heavyweights ever. That's the fight. Not this stupid-ass Francis Ngannou fight. <laughs> I'm getting all hot. I'm getting, I'm getting all angry.
3: For Jen to another idea.
7: What if we did this? Oh, man. Well, I'm just I'm thinking on your best of seven series. What if we just got outside the fight world and one of them was then like playing, a, you like, know, like a 5K? Uh,
5: Here's what's going to happen. The next time oh, we see K- Tyson Fury inside of a ring, it's going to be a SummerSlam. Next question. I was going to say, fact, why have no. we
4: not? We haven't even brought up WWE. No, yet.
5: that's a fact. That is going to happen. He already laid it out there. It's going to happen.
3: Kevin Holland, if you're listening, I know you wanted to do this idea of pitting athletes against each other, doing different challenges. Here's the one, buddy. Take this challenge on and create a series of events between. (laughs) Dude, Tyson Fury versus
7: Fred tetherball would be fire. (laughs) (laughs) Jose can't even pretend he wouldn't watch that.
3: (laughs) He would watch the hell out of that. He would get all agitated.
5: No, because I'd be afraid that someone would get hurt and then we wouldn't get to see them fight the best of the best.
3: Who gets hurt in a
5: tetherball tether game? Hey, it happens. It happens. <laughs> Tony Ferguson, who trips – who blows the ACL out in a TV studio walking? It happens.
4: No, this is from a man yeah, who's a, a lifelong 20 fan 20 of – be- uh, this is from a lifelong baseball fan in Jose who has seen the most bizarre injuries yeah. that human beings, who suppo- yeah. supposedly high-level athletes, uh, yeah. somehow can endure. <laughs> what yeah. about a whole
5: – Home
3: run derby: Tyson nope. Fury versus Francisca. You wouldn't watch a home run derby between those two. Was, I wouldn't, wouldn't watch a home any. run it derby. I
5: would, any. yeah, I would pay <laughs> them to hit a seventy mile an hour fastball. First person you get a hundred <laughs> throws. First person to even make contact wins because neither one of those fools can hit a baseball. A Brit <laughs> and a dude who can't swing a bat—that's not happening. I've seen British people try to play baseball. That's comical. Oh. <laughs> I wow. feel there's awesome. a video out there of our friend Oscar Willis throwing a baseball. It made well, it made Uncle Rico look like Tom Brady, I'll say that.
7: I just want to be clear. We're at the stage of the evening where Jose compares Oscar Willis to Francis Ngannou and Tyson yeah. Fury. As yeah. far as athletics.
5: So, so agitated him. You, you bring up you bring you you bring up bum ass ideas, my brain gets all discombobulated. There's your there's awesome. your word of the day, gentlemen.
7: That's oh,
3: the best post-fuck show ever. I can't wait for BTL to expand upon this topic. But Casey, you're mm-hmm. here, which means... Let's let's take a few questions. Um, hopefully <laughs> about. Okay, we'll go to <laughs> <the> questions.
6: <laughs> I mean, I mean all, the question is all about tetherball, by the way. This, we only got... <laughs> yes. It's just tetherball talk.
7: Dude, <laughs> I want to see, for instance, a hit a tetherball. <laughs> and, and he
6: misses, he gets wrapped around his wrist. And he's like, ah, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, uh... Questions, geez. Um, <laughs> uh, <I'm>, geez. Um, <laughs> I don't know, oh, here we go.
5: I mean, if we don't
6: have any questions. Uh, you, okay. We got a few comments. Yeah. Uh, incorrect.
4: Incorrect. Sweet, terrible. Sweet Caroline, terrible,
5: <laughs> Sweet Caroline <laughs> Sweet. is an awful song unless it's being played in the seventh inning at Fenway Park. Is that objectively is, an
4: it. excellent song. Uh, its association with the deplorable Boston Red Sox, notwithstanding, yeah. but uh, Sweet Caroline is objectively a, a fantastic song. Okay. Um, Wrong. Mike Jackson did the right thing.
7: Hell yeah, he did.
4: As far as what, like, yeah, taking okay. a DQ, yeah, I would if a guy like almost okay. intentionally tried to gouge my effing eye out. Put uh, two I, I, fingers
7: <laughs> into what your the, eye socket.
4: The replay looked so bad. For, like, and i did it
7: so many times.
4: Yes, but but I mean like. Like, if you're Dean Barry, and I, I I probably wasn't intentional, but that's almost worse. That means, like, that means you did something like that, and you don't even know how you... Like, you don't even realize you were doing it. That's almost scarier. You know what I mean? That's, like, that if I'm his, if I'm his next opponent, I'm like, whoa. He didn't realize he was, like, reaching up and gouging the other dude's eyes? Like, I don't think I want to be in the cage and hit him with a spin cuck to... Uh, a spin cuck. A spin kick. A spin... I almost said something else. A spin kick to the Yabos. I don't want to fight this guy. This guy... Dean Barry, clearly a talented guy, uh, an experienced kickboxer, but boy, uh, you throw him in a cage, you add, you mix in the MMA, and again, you you mix the. Mar- that's why I keep telling people kick, keep the mix more. Mar- if, martial- tell- if, if we kept the martial, you're
5: telling me that someone that's really good at one thing got thrown into another thing, and he okay. wasn't nearly as good, and it was ugly. Shocking, okay. everybody. I for one am shocked.
4: If we kept the martial arts apart, Mike Jackson's balls and eye would still be intact. Okay, that's all I'm saying. <laughs>
7: I, Jed, I go ahead. the spin kick thing. The whole spin kick thing was incredible. They were like, "Please, please turn off the mic," and he just kept dropping f bombs. And then that's what. So, like, if you watch Casey, up- I know when when
5: we when we used to do the coffee talk after mm-hmm. the pay per views. And I remember bringing this up for the Gaethje Ferguson fight when I was there in Jacksonville and it was like me, John Morgan, and like that was it. Those was, That was the only media that was sat octagon side. The thing that stood out to me the most that was the most jarring in an empty arena was when Justin Gaethje got hit in the cup and his screams of pain were like burned into my brain because you don't normally hear that when there's 20,000 people screaming around
7: you. Yeah. But, but did he have the, the diamond MMA cup that Joe Rogan has been hawking for years?
5: I don't know. I, I don't, don't listen like, to Joe Rogan in 2022.
4: You know who was yeah. wearing a diamond, diamond
7: cup? MMA.
6: I think, and I, I I know this unfortunately, I think Lando was wearing a diamond MMA cup because he got oh. pants during the fight, if you remember.
5: Uh <laughs> <did>. oh. <laughs> this, 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 you know what's crazy? it's crazy about how, w-
6: how humiliating that loss was? Not only did you get choked oh. out in like two minutes. You got pants.
5: Literally got shorts. You know what's crazy yeah, too? Going back shorts. to the going back to the Bellator thing, Rufion Stotz is like four years older than Lando Venata. That's how like like it looks very oh. bizarre how Lando looked.
4: You're right. uh, one more thing about the uh, the Dean Barry and Mike Jackson. If, I mean, in case anyone's was wondering, uh, Dean Barry is not super apologetic about it. He posted a video on his own uh, social media I saw that, yeah. saying he he said he thought that uh, Mike Jackson took took uh, took the easy way out. And uh, again, I think when you gouge another man in the eye, maybe don't say that.
7: He is by definition correct because it is much harder to fight a man uh-huh. with zero cojones and one eyeball after he's <laughs> yeah. removed them both yeah yeah much more difficult yeah. to fight a man in those circumstances
4: maybe, maybe that's what he was saying <laughs>
6: yeah yeah that was one of the worst yeah that was that was not an eye poke that was a gouge yeah so that's <laughs> it's a very yeah, that was big like difference
7: worse than the casuero like you know thumb that was bad
6: yeah yeah
7: um i hope yeah, i hope i hope i um miss
6: what's next for mike jackson is that is that is that gonna be talked about on onto the next you is,
7: is it you? Oh yeah, thirty twenty four, maybe.
6: I'm going down to one sixty. If he can, if he can make if he can we can get a catch weight one sixty. I you know me, and Mike Jackson. What? No, we'll both make some bread. You know. So yeah, who knows? Eagle FC. versus media Jackson. <laughs> Mike Jackson
3: should just call it a day. And just ride off into the sunset with, like, got in the, the eyes of everybody who watched these fights, with awesome. two victories in a row. Two.
7: Well, well, he wins. got two
3: checks tonight. Mike Jackson got two checks tonight.
6: Congratulations. What were it. the
4: odds again? What were the odds again? Mike Jackson was, uh, a was plus like, seven hundred like underdogs. Mm. Is
7: that yeah. the biggest? That's is that the biggest upset American. of the year
4: in MMA? I think so. by the numbers, probably. Yeah,
7: I, I can't remember off the top of my head. It's got to be up maybe. there. Yeah, it's certainly up there. Biggest
3: since Big Tuna.
6: Yeah. Well at least in the UFC. So yeah. So there's there's Sarah GSP when they, when and then right Tuna. below that
3: is Mike Jackson Dean Barry. When Tuna beat uh, Christian Edwards last year. So, that was out? like that's ridiculous yeah. numbers.
7: No, because um uh homegirl, Julian Pena closed at a pretty high number. Was she at a grand? Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not sure. Going cool. back up
3: there. If
5: you kids, if you like to bet money, I'll just say use code word the MMA hour on DraftKings, win a bunch of money, and then donate it to comic books for kids so kids can read comic books while they get cured from cancer. Do good things oh. with your money because money is not a toy. Next question. <laughs>
6: there we
7: go. Oh, oh. I can't buy toys though.
3: Um, for kids. <laughs> uh claudio play a threat at lightweight that's five in a row and he doesn't have a number next to his name we kind of talked about this yeah but uh i have a really good a threat for onto the next one that i think a lot of people is like, it, and i think is it it's alexander perfect.
5: hernandez it is not alexander hernandez wow <laughs> alexander <I thought> hernandez <laughs> should be fighting patty Pimblett. that's the yeah thing i was gonna that's
3: say <laughs> uh, this is way better than alexander hernandez I'll tell you that right now jose you and you would appreciate this jose because i know you're a big fan mm. of this guy
5: all right i i am waiting on bated breaths for the next episode of on to the next one another another
3: surging lightweight who may or may not have had childhood dreams of being a professional skateboarder sometime
5: Mm. hmm that would be a scrap that would be a scrap
3: we've done
6: this for an hour and 20 minutes and it is 3 a.m on the east coast oh yeah
5: dude so go to bed you know what i'm
6: gonna do i'm gonna play my favorite
5: song hit the music
3: is oh. it Sweet
4: Caroline? Oh, <laughs> I can sing it if you want.
5: You know, you guys know
4: what Sweet yeah, Caroline's
3: yeah. about. Sweet any bad. Caroline, good times, no. never feeling so good. Is this it's like about, my Sharona?
5: It is literally about Caroline Kennedy, John F. Kennedy's daughter. Oh, okay, that's nice. The more woman. you know, you guys learned a lot today. You learned about what that song's about. You learned mm-hmm. about stupid hybrid fights, and you learned yeah. about the boxing matches that should happen in the world.
3: And
7: the dangers and of Tetherball. about ball. a potential
3: $100 million yeah. Tetherball yeah. matchup yeah. between Tyson
7: yeah, and Harry and i stand by yeah. it. That Tetherball game would. I'm down. <laughs> All
3: right. AK and I back tomorrow. We're on to the next one. For AK, for Jed, for Casey, for Jose, I am Mike Heck. Apologies once again for the technical difficulties. Good night, everybody. Love you guys.
6: Happy birthday, AK. Nope.
0: <laughs> nope.